Hey everyone, we are here at New Hope Radio. Dave Therrien, thank you for joining me today. Don't forget, you can also find us on the Hope Club podcast, God's Word on Demand anytime. The way to work, on the way home, running errands, having lunch, just sitting back, relaxing, listening to the Word of God. Check out the Hope Club podcast. We're in a series, Walking with Moses, and kind of following in the steps a little bit. It's always good to learn about the life of Moses. It's going to be a short, abbreviated series, but it kind of looks at some of the highlights of Moses, and I'll tell you, as we look at how the people dealt with Moses and Moses dealt with the people, we can learn a lot about ourselves as well. And isn't that a big reason why we learn God's Word? Yes, we do want to learn about Him, but we also want to learn about ourselves. Now, I would tend to believe that some of you have gone on a journey, maybe a day's journey, maybe something uh, a little longer, maybe even a three-day journey. Maybe you went on a camping trip or a long hike, right? And um, you had to take some things with you. You had to prepare, right? You probably took mm, some food. You probably took... uh, Sandwiches, chips, soda, maybe you cooked on a campfire, some water. And why would you take these things? Why would you take food on a journey? That's right, because you get hungry. (laughs) Well, so far in walking with Moses, we've seen him floating in a basket, only to be rescued by Pharaoh's daughter. After killing an Egyptian for beating on a Hebrew, he fled to Midian, where he met God, for the first time. And there at the burning bush, he received the call to go back to Egypt and tell the Pharaoh, let the people go out into the wilderness a three days journey so they can worship God. Well, Pharaoh, you know, he refused. But then God brought ten plagues upon them. After the tenth plague, when his own son died in the house, he let them go. And then he realized, what did I do? I let the labor force leave. And he went after them. And then we came to the Red Sea incident. And we learn at the Red Sea incident, man's oceans are God's beaches. What it looks like it's impossible for man to cross, God can create a bridge, a passageway. And he did. God parted the Red Sea, and the Hebrews went across at the Red Sea incident. Okay, so now they're ready. On their way to the land of promise. And the people are going to go on a very long journey, and they're going to get hungry. But God is not working. He's not done working for them. You know, he works for them every step of the way. And maybe there's our first applicational letters, that God works with us, every step of the way. There's an application for you. He works with me every step of the way. All we have to do is follow his leading. So we pick it up in Exodus 16, verse 1. This is six weeks after their exodus out of Egypt. 
Passover was the beginning of their new year. Remember, that's when God brought that tenth plague. And they set out from Elam, and all the congregation of the sons of Israel that came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the fifteenth day of the second month after their departure from the land of Egypt. Verse 2, Exodus 16. The whole congregation of the sons of Israel. Wait a minute. What? The whole congregation. That means everybody. What do they do? They grumbled against Moses and against Aaron and the wilderness. Huh. Now notice, they didn't grumble to Moses and Aaron. They grumbled against Moses and Aaron. See what's going on here? One writer, his name is John Gill, he said, It is a common case when things do not go so well as to be wished for in church or state, for people to murmur against their governors, ecclesiastics, or civil leaders, and lay all the blame on them. Isn't that true? Don't you find that most complaining about people has to do with somebody else? I'm like, who complains about themselves? <laughs> Not only humble people. But arrogant people, it's always somebody else's fault. It's your fault I'm not happy. It's your fault I'm here. It's your fault I'm there. It's always somebody else's fault. Well, verse 3. This is why they grumbled. It says, The sons of Israel said to them, Would that we have died by the Lord's hand in the, in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the pots of meat, which we ate bread to the full. You brought us out into the wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Now, wait a minute. These guys are saying, you know, we had it made in Egypt, even though we were slaves, but we had it made in Egypt, and you brought us out here to kill us, to starve us to death. You know, earlier they complained that Moses led them out to die by the hand of the Egyptians, and they didn't die. Now, he's leading them out to kill them with hunger. <laughs> you know, think about it. They saw God come through ten times in the plagues. They saw God part the Red Sea. And now they're getting hunger pains. And it's like they forgot everything that just happened. So two things going on here. Number one, you know, the meat they talked about that they had in Egypt, it was probably supplied by the Egyptians from these large pots like an ancient day soup kitchen. They didn't have steaks and beef and goat and lamb. They, they, no, believe me, they didn't have much. And secondly, they forgot the awfulness of their slavery. They forgot how bad they really had it. See, here's what's going on. When satisfied or dissatisfied with something or someone, we tend to go back to where we came from, right? If we don't like where we are, we want to go back to where we were. I've seen it even with Christians. Maybe you're one of them. I don't know. Where Christians have been plucked from the world, plucked from the flames of hell, saved by God. They had their lives changed in church. And then, as John Gill said, things do not go as they wish. 
They blame their leaders, and they go back to the world that they were delivered from. You know anybody like that? I think we all do. Someone once told me that their marriage was saved in church, and you know what? Today, they don't go to church. Does that make sense? So many things don't make sense to me. I don't know. Maybe I'm just not too smart. But I don't get it. I don't get how God can do so much for people, and then people act like God didn't do anything. We really have to be uh, soul-centered, not self-centered, soul-centered. Look at the soul. Look at what God has done in the soul. He's changed it. He's made it alive. He breathed new life into it. He delivered us from ourselves and handed us over to his son. Sometimes we're just forgetful. We forget the wonderful things that God has done. But the great thing about God, he met the people where they were. Oh, they were complaining, but God met them there in their complaint. In verse 4, the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day that I may test them whether or not they will walk in my instruction. And here's what the test would be. Could they trust God for their daily needs? That's a test for us too, isn't it? Can we trust God for our, wait a minute, not for heaven, for our daily needs? Oh, we all trust God for heaven, but we have a hard time trusting God for today, don't we? Here was the test. God told them, Go out and collect enough for each day. And on the sixth day, collect twice as much. Have a day off on Saturday. You don't have to go out and collect. Get twice as much, and on the last day you can rest. That was the Sabbath. So Moses said to the people, This will happen when the Lord gives you meat to eat in the evening and bread to the full in the morning. For the Lord hears your grumblings, which you grumble against him. And what are we? Your grumblings are not against us, but against the Lord. So, hey, this makes us think twice, doesn't it? About who we're grumbling against in our grumbling. You're grumbling against your spouse. Wait a minute, didn't you say one day, God gave me that person? You're grumbling against your boss. Wait a minute, didn't that boss give you a job? and give you money every week? Oh, you grumble against this, and you grumble against that. But aren't they there for your help, and protection, and provision? So now, it seems God is more interested in the people knowing Him. That's why He puts up with them. I like that. God is more interested in the people knowing Him. That's why he puts up with them. Maybe that's why he puts up with us too. He said, God said, I have heard the grumblings of the sons of Israel. Speak to them and tell them this. At twilight, you shall eat meat. And in the morning, you shall be filled with bread. And you shall know that I am the Lord, your God. So what happened? Another miracle. At night, quails came. And they covered the ground, and they had meat. Talk about a chicken in every pot, right? Well, they had quail every night 
They came and they had meat to eat for dinner. And then, in the morning, they woke up and dew covered the ground. And when the dew evaporated, these little white flakes appeared. The quail stood for the food of the world, and the manna stood for the provision of God. Why do I say that? Because Numbers 11 tells us that they ate so much quail that it came out of their noses, and it became loathsome to them. See, that's gluttony. But that's what the world will do. The provision of the world, here it comes, will make you sick. It will. It's very easy to indulge, overindulge, in what the world offers, and then there's consequences. That's what the quail stands for. Have you ever done that? Overindulged in what the world offers, and then consequences. I have. I have. Ah, oh, yeah, it's not good. No, not good. But the manner, that's different. The manner was the provision of God. In verse 14, when the layer of dew evaporated, behold, oh, look at that. On the surface of the wilderness, there was a fine flake-like thing. A flake-like thing. (laughs) Was it frosted flakes? It could have looked like it. Fine as the frost on the ground. These were the first frosted flakes. Okay. So, when the sons of Israel saw it, they said to one another, What is it? Because they didn't know what it was. And Moses said to them, It is the bread which the Lord has given you to eat. Now, here's something interesting. The word or the phrase, what is it? The Hebrew word is manna. We say manna. Manna. They actually call the flakes on the ground, what is it? (laughs) That's what it was. Hey, hand me a spoon of that, what is it, over there. (laughs) That's what it was. That's manna. What is it? So they're all running around looking at these flakes on the ground, right? Mana, 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 mana. What is it? What is it? What is it? It's the bread that came down out of heaven. It's a picture of Jesus being the bread that came down. This bread satisfied them daily, and Christ satisfies us eternally. Can you see it? Can you see what God has done for the people of Israel? He's giving them a picture of what he's done for us. This was a food that they never knew or had before. It's a brand new kind of food. And you know, until Jesus came, there was an atonement that people never had before. But Jesus brought that once and for all sacrifice. And then there was never atonement made again for the sins of the world. The Bible tells us in Deuteronomy 8.16, In the wilderness, he, God, fed you manna, which your fathers did not know, that he might humble you, and that he might test you to do good for you in the end. See what's going on here? This was the previous generation. They failed the test. They couldn't trust God. There are always those who fail the faith test and they go their own way. There's always people that no matter what God says, they're going to do it their way. 
They're not going to trust God. Oh, by the way, I'm not talking about unbelievers. I'm talking about people of God. Even though they're people of God, when God says, do it like this, they're like, no, I'm going to do it like that. I'm going to do it my way. And you know what God says? Go ahead. Go ahead. I can't make you do the right thing. So you go off and do what you want, and then see what happens. And usually whatever happens, oh, it's not that good. So in verse 27, it came about on the seventh day. Now, it's Saturday, right? Sabbath day. This is supposed to be their day off. It's supposed to be every day, Sunday through Friday, Sunday through Thursday, gather enough for the day. Okay? Monday, go out, gather enough manna for the day, and then bake it. Tuesday, go out, gather enough manna for the day. Do that every day. And then on Friday, listen, take twice as much. Because on Saturday, I want you to rest. And if you take twice as much, you'll be okay. You've passed the faith test. But if you don't do what I said, it's going to backfire on you. So again, it came about on the seventh day. Some of the people went out, this is Saturday, to gather, and what? They found none. They found none. There was no manna on the ground. There was no flakes, no frosted flakes on the ground. They didn't listen. They could have gathered twice as much on Friday, and then they went out on Saturday. They could have had a day off. Nope, they didn't want a day off. Now, God seems mystified as am I. In verse 28, the Lord said to Moses, how long do you refuse to keep my commandments and my instructions? How long do you do that? I mean, really? I brought 10 plagues and I protected you and everyone. I parted the Red Sea. I bring you quail at night, manna in the morning. What more does it take? Uh, what, what does it take for you to trust me? to obey my commandments and be faithful, knowing that what I'm doing for you, that's the right thing. I'm like, it's not that hard. Listen to what God says and then do it. Isn't that about it? So we go to church on Sunday. We hear a message from the Word of God. We might like it. We might not like it. It might encourage us. Oh, it might convict us, challenge us. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're convicted or if you're comforted. Whatever it is, do it. Just do it, that's all. So if you're convicted, do what it says. If you're comforted, do what it says. So listen to what God says and then apply it. Verse 31. The house of Israel named it manna. It was like coriander seed, white and its taste was like wafers with honey. That sounds pretty good. I like wafers. A little honey on the wafers. That's pretty good. Quail? I remember eating chicken. You know, a funny thing about chicken, right? You're really hungry, and you can smell chicken cooking in the oven, and it's like, oh, it smells so good. And then you eat the chicken, and you eat too much chicken. And the smell of chicken makes you sick. Did that happen to you? Happened to me more than once. Overindulging on the chicken. Before, 
Smells so good. After, I wanted to throw up. Didn't want it anymore. But you see these wafers with honey. Oh, that was the good. The quail made them sick. But the wafers with honey, that was God's food. God provided something good, something very good for them. And again, they called it manna because they didn't know what it was. So why not? If you don't know what it is, you call it what is it? Because that's what manna means. What is it? Right? So let me ask you. Because when we read the Word of God, you know, Romans 15.4 says, everything that was written before time, speaking of the Old Testament, was written for our instruction, that through perseverance and encouragement of the Scriptures, we would have hope. So the point is, we read the Old Testament, and we derive life lessons for ourselves. So let me ask you, do you know God's provisions for you? Have you recognized any of those provisions, or have you remembered how he came through for you in the past? It's good to do that. It's good to reflect back. See, the Hebrews had a poor reflection. Oh, they reflected back to Egypt, and they, they kind of hyperbolized what they had, exaggerated it, talking about the meat in Egypt, and they ate to the full, and Let me tell you, it wasn't that good. It wasn't that good at all. They should have been honest and said, we're glad we're out of that place. What God is doing, oh, it's so much better. So much better. And we would do well to remember the times that God came through for us. I know many people keep a little diary, a little prayer book, and they write down all the answered prayers. That's a good practice. I don't do it. I probably should. But... All the, I remember in my mind all the times God came through. Oh, yeah. It's very humbling to remember those things. And you know what it does? It builds faith. It builds faith knowing that, hey, if God came through in the past, I know he's going to come through now. Now, he might not come through the way I want him to, but he's still going to come through. God's will is a perfect will. And when you really, really, really know God, you know He does nothing wrong. Whatever he does is right. And he can't do anything wrong. Even if we might perceive it that way. And we only perceive it that way because it didn't line up with what we wanted to happen. So sometimes God doesn't bring the healing. Sometimes he doesn't restore the marriage. Sometimes the child doesn't get well. I mean, there are sometimes... But when you really, really, really know God, you've got to acknowledge He can do nothing wrong. He can't. And if you think God does things wrong, it's because you don't know Him. And I'm not saying this is easy to do. I'm not saying, oh God, you know, you didn't restore my marriage or my health and I'm okay. No, it's hurtful. And it's painful. And who can know the mind of the Lord and why He operates the way He does? We don't know. But but we believe we'll get all the answers when we see him face to face. So they they didn't even know what the manna was. So they called it. What is it? But let's do this. Let's really make it a point to do all we can to remember how God has come through for us in the past. There are little things he's done. There are big things he's done. 
And there's all kinds of things in the middle. They really are. And, uh, you know, I wonder if it's like, if it's like when David talked about the thoughts of love God has taught us, they're like the sand of the sea. You can't count them. You think God's blessings of coming through for us that way are like the sand of the sea? You think there are many blessings that came our way, get this now, and we didn't even recognize them. We missed them. Maybe there were blessings that we didn't see because we were occupied with something else. Or, you know, maybe it was the car accident we didn't have because we caught a red light. Maybe it was, who knows? It could be anything. There are things that we just don't know that are happening. How about in the spiritual realm? The things that don't happen to us spiritually, where God's heavenly host is fighting for us, and your angel is protecting you. How about those things? We don't even see what goes on in the atmosphere. Well, we know one thing is a spiritual warfare going on in the atmosphere. And God has given us his armor, that we have spiritual armor that we are to put on every day. The helmet, the shield, the sword, the breastplate, the shin guards, the shoes, you name it, man. We're protected. We're ready for war. And we're not a casualty today. Why? Perhaps because of the many, many untold blessings of God. So let's really work on our memories and do the best we can to reflect back on all the wonderful times that God has come through. Okay, taking a little time, because I want to remind you about the Hope Club. Come on now, this will really help you. You'll get an email devotional every day in your email box. Set to music, kind of nice. People say they they like it. And go to newhoperadio.live. Fill out the information. Send off $3 a week. At the end of the week, every Friday, you know, $3. That keeps us on the radio. Keeps our podcast going. We have to pay for those, too. And um, we're helping each other, co-laboring to let the Word of God go far and wide. You know what I was told by the company that hosts our podcast? We're in 16 countries. What? That's what I said. New Hope, the Hope Club podcast is in 16 countries. Why? Because faithful people help support it and keep it going. So think about that. And I'll see you next time. <laughs>